You're listening to Pole Parlor, a fun, inspiring podcast for all those bewitched by pole dance. Each week, your Madam Crimson Minx has candid conversation with unique, engaging individuals from within and around the pole dance community. Pole Parlor is passionate about preaching creativity, soulful sensuality, and empowerment through pole dance. You know how we do. Welcome everyone to Pole Parlor. This is episode 44, Crystal Gibson. I'm your host, Crimson Minx. This week on the podcast, we have Crystal Gibson. On this episode, we talk about Crystal's journey from erotic dancer and party girl to professional polar and mum, how she values her well-rounded pole training from sensual to athletic to showgirl styles of pole, her experience transitioning from pole in Los Angeles to England, and we have some insightful discourse about the future of pole, including kids in pole, running her dream studio, and financially supporting the industry as a whole. Don't forget to check out Crystal's post-podcast interview on the blog at poleparlor.com where she shares her favorite photos, music, video, and more. And if we aren't already, let's connect on social media. You can find me as Pole Parlor, Parlor with the fancy British English U, on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, and Pinterest. So now, let's bring on Crystal. If you adequate enough, cause apostles show love. You may think you were involved, but I'm calling all bluffs. Welcome, Crystal Gibson, to the Pole Parlor <laughs> Podcast. How are you today? I'm good, thanks. And how are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. I'm even more <laughs> fantastic. For anyone not watching this on YouTube, you just have to picture this mentally in your head that Crystal is wearing a sequin butterfly. Dress shirt, dress. dress. She really wins on dolling <laughs> it, it up e- the most for the interview. It's easy to throw on, and it, you know, the sparkles already, it already had magic, so you just had to put it on. Yeah. Put some lipstick on, brush the hair back, went from studio to chic 2.0. <laughs> it's a little trick for everyone when you're leaving your whole class. Just throw on some sequin dress, a lipstick. Sequin dress, lipstick, hair back, ready to go. You look fantastic. So, okay. yeah. So let's jump on in. For how long have you been polling and how did you first discover pole dance? Well, I think that's like a two-part point or two part question for me. Um Back in 2001, I was an exotic dancer. So, God, I'm aging myself. I was 18 um, in Seattle and Las Vegas, and I danced for about a little over three years. Um, And in 2004, I quit dancing and um, went back to school in Washington, D.C., and then decided, I met my um, now husband in 2006. I wanted to live somewhere warm. He had a work visa. He's English. So we moved to California. Um, that first summer I was there, I went to some after party in some like mansion somewhere. And this Asian girl was about 4 a.m. was like, um, you should go to pole dance with me tomorrow. And I'm like, pole dancing? Completely not sober. I don't even know. I was like, I couldn't even fathom tomorrow. And <laughs> she's like, come on. And I'm like, um, no, I've already been there, done that, you know, da, 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 thinking, you know, pole now is a fitness. And I'm just like, I already conquered that. But little did I know. Mm-hmm. Um, that little Asian girl was Natasha Wang. Uh- 
So um, her uh, her partner, um, he's a DJ as well. So he was DJing at this event that this after party that I was at, and her and her friends were there. And um, she had been um, pole dancing, I think, for about four years at that point. And she and I uh, hit bases quite a few times, and it took her about close to two years for me to finally um, jump on board and and oh, take yeah. a class. So you guys yeah, stayed so, friends, stayed friendly. Yeah, we stayed friends, and you know she just kept mentioning that pole dance thing. So you didn't realize you know, that, like how well known and how like ubiquitous she was with pole. No, she was. Time. She she wasn't yet. Oh, actually. she just she had, started. She had. Well, she's four years into it, but she was at yeah. S Factor, and you know I think they were still doing butterflies. It was. I think it's right before it all like kicked off, kicked off. You know, I think I'm, that was about 2007. Oh, yes. so, okay. yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that hadn't even gone too far yet. And then I think she won, uh, started competing. I think it was 2010 or 2009, 2011. That's when it all kind of went whoosh, you know, when she had left, um, uh, S factor and started training at beast bun and stuff like that. And I think that's when the whole, craze and uproar of competing and stuff happened but yeah she was just little Natasha back then she still wasn't little but like <laughs> I mean she's you know wasn't the superstar she is now and yeah. you know still uh, a really dear friend of mine love so, her a bit oh so she finally convinced you so you started at S Factor I started at S Factor and I stayed at S Factor till I I moved um to here to England so I've been an S Factor for seven years I it's like it is my soul, my foundation. Like I'm a huge Sheila Kelly follower. I will follow that woman till the day I die. She is everything to me. And that studio is everything to me. I absolutely love everything it does for women. It's soulfully connected. It teaches you just how to connect to your soul and how to be free and how to, you know, take that in your everyday life. And I have never found a studio and I teach all over the place that, that does quite what they do. But it's just an aspect of pole because, you know, um, I also went to the choreography house and that is a whole other fruit, you know, it's its own thing. And that taught me all the strength, the technical, the lines. Kelly Yvonne taught me how to point my toes, took me about two and a half years, (laughs) you know, all the technical stuff. And um, Kelly gave us an outlet to be athletes, but also to form the fitness with you know, the athletic side and the dance side and make it dance, like, you know, dancing and pull art. So then, you know, just fusing S Factor with um, the choreography house just gave me so much. And then also I was in Girl Next Door for about four years and um, seven, you know, so those are both shows that Kelly Yvonne put on that changed my life. And they're really the reason I stayed in LA. I mean, because really there's too hot too dry overpriced but <laughs> the pole scene was amazing it was like it was like cutting an addiction you know yeah. so it was really difficult to to leave that and the last year year and a half I was in LA I found be spun and Leanne Riley changed my world as well you know taught me all that showgirl biz and taught me how to perform in a group and I did the legs and lights piece we practiced for four months in between three to six hours a week with five girls for four months on that piece. And, um, I'd never really rocked shoes as much as I did until I went to be spun. So it, you know, huge, huge props to be spun for, for teaching me those heels, man. Like in working in a group aspect, the group thing was super, super tough and hard, but my, the girls in my group, 
Catherine Voorhees especially. She's a nurse. She's got so much patience. Um, <laughs> and just learning, you know, uh, Marguerite, Wendy, Elise, myself, and Catherine, just learning um, how to talk and to be patient with each other and just, like, nail this routine. It was, like, five songs. Uh, yeah. Legs and Lights was five songs. Dubstep. And you have to count and dubstep the timing changes. And, you know, they hit on a, they don't hit on a four. The, the count hits on, like, it changes, like, on a, uh, like, a five or a six. Oh, so know. it's, like, you're not, yeah, it's, challenging yeah, it's very challenging. Yeah, but super fun. Like, Son of Kick, he made that music. That was Leanne's vision. Um, she nailed it on that. And uh, yeah. his, his music was really good. So we had fun doing that piece. Yeah. Hard you- work. Yeah, for if if I'm gonna put a link to it in the show notes if people don't know what the hell Crystal's talking about, but she <laughs> did this group piece at Pole Show LA, um, and it was this basically black light glowing, and you had those or you were wearing aura heels, right? Yeah. And the aura heels are those stripper shoes you see that light up that are amazing and so her entire group were wearing these aura heels and they had this like glowing outfits and it was we made those outfits did you oh look at you yes we DIY. did we, we became we became um sewing people yeah, yeah whatever they're called <laughs> oh yeah. jerry lynn and wendy though uh they're like nope took it straight to a tailor they're like I don't have time for this <laughs> i would have never attempted to sew something i would have made that exact decision yeah, so you so you mentioned that you you kind of you had a journey, it seems like, in pool. And it was S Factor. We talk about S Factor on this podcast a lot. So um people should be familiar by now. But if not, I'm gonna put a link to that in the show notes too, because uh S Factor was actually the first pole studio to open to the public in um two thousand and it is very concerned. Great. I think Fania was 1997. She had a home studio, actually. Mm. Um, and this was the first public studio. But oh, they were, yeah, I think Fania was like a year after with the public studio. It was very close. doesn't matter. They were both very pioneering. <laughs> They're both great. They're Completely both amazing. Both amazing women. Yeah. So, um, you know, but the S Factor is really not trick focused. It's more... Wow very much getting in touch with your movement and being comfortable dancing. And then you move, it's funny because then you move to a, to another studio. You said choreo house, which is very like professional polished. Yes. And then you went to Beast Bun, which is another studio that is very showgirl, putting on a Sharp. show. Yeah. Sharp. Yeah. So you really had this journey where it yes. really helped you become like a well Only LA, baby. Only in LA. <laughs> yeah, you really lived that like. And Natasha Wang is the best friend. You and, know? So I, yeah, I felt like I got like a royal flush in the game of poker there. It was pretty, oh pretty amazing experience LA is a all six weeks after I had my daughter as well so it was oh it wow. was not yeah it was I didn't start till after I had my daughter um oh my technical pull so I w- went from you know having a kid and I was a complete partier I mean like I, I worked in house I spun house music and you know there's a big scene that goes along with uh with that rave culture and I was in it (laughs) thick in it yeah and young and um my husband was a pretty big dj and stuff or my boyfriend at the time and so we just 
completely different lifestyle. And then all of a sudden I went um, into having a kid and I was quite lost. I mean, I did start S Factor six weeks after I had Charlie, but um, it was, I was really lost. I was really trying to figure out who I was. I remember I got this dress and I was like, yes, I love this dress. And um, from Zara and it was like green. It was super cute. I'm going to work to get in this dress. And all I wanted to do is go to Winter Music Conference, which is a big electronic music festival in Miami. I was like, I'm going to go. Well, that was only three and a half months after I had my daughter. What? And so, yeah, this is my, this is where my brain was at because I didn't know what it was. I like, you know, I also work in, uh, I worked in marketing for music and uh, marketing for films and TV shows as well when I moved to LA. But uh, so my whole thought though was like after I had child was, oh, I want to feel like my old self again. But I, I, Paul was still new. So it hadn't like driven into my soul at that point, whereas the music had been. And then I went to Winter Music Conference. I put a lot of money into like the Bentley condominium. I splurged. My in-laws came in. They're going to help me with my kid. Um, You know, I got into this dress. I thought everything was going to be great. My life was going to be changed, going to be back to normal. And then I went out one night, did some some things that don't make you sober. And basically... (laughs) After that, I had fun for about two hours, but then puked for about two and a half hours straight. Mm. And I was like, yeah, that's my body telling me, like, shame on you. So the I um, said, no, 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 yeah, different lifestyle now. And that I didn't know. I still didn't know who I was. And then the more and more I stuck with pole, the more it opened up who I was and like, I, you know, I, I'm still an artist, but I'm a moving one, you know, and, um, I was able to change partying at, at night and at clubs to just going and taking a dance class and getting that same fix. And that's what S factor, uh, did a lot for a lot of that for me. Like it's all dark and like swanky in there and you could cry and nobody knows, you know, so it's, uh, it's a really nice thing, but yeah. So like I went from this party lifestyle and then back to this, um, just letting go and surrendering to motherhood. And then I became a, a, a happier person when I learned to surrender and surrendering and being humble and having pull at the same time. It's like it's such a vulnerable place to be. And S factor is really good about capturing the vulnerability of a woman and saying, don't be afraid, like be her, like sexy is sad, sexy is happiness, sexy is, you know, all these different things. And it was okay to cry. It was okay to be a mom. It was okay to leak your breast milk when you're doing a chest roll on the floor. <laughs> that happen? I never knew that was a thing. Okay, cool. <laughs> and, but you know, it's like, I just went, I was able That's to exchange awesome. an unhealthy lifestyle for a healthy lifestyle and still feel fulfilled. And that's what, you know, pole does to me. And I think that's why I'm still so obsessed with it all these years later. And even back when I was 18, it was a constant for me, you know, uh, pole though, I was pulling for money and pulling for men and, you know, drugs, drugs got involved big time, but not the fun ones. So it made me who I am. But the cool thing about it is like, it's funny. I went to school, spent all this money on school, and then I'm still with the pole. Like, you know, <laughs> it's like, what the? Well. It's always, always been here. Um, it's <laughs> always been here. My daughter loves it. You know, I just give it to her in a different light. You know, don't add sexuality and stuff and just let little girls have fun. It's hard to keep the kids out of here. Her and her friends come over and they just want to come over to come in the studio. They're not really, you know, 
trying to come over and say hi to me. They're like, stop in the studio. You're like, look what I learned today. They're like, get out of our way. We just want to spin. Like the girls that come over to this house, they're like all little minx obsessed and they get like four of the girls on the pole and they're just doing the, you know, the the kids spin where they all just grab on and they just go all over. Like that happens over and over and over again. So... That's so cool. I love, um, we had Vina from Studio Vina on last week and she was talking about, yeah, how like she's very open with her kids about pool and, you know, they've always been involved with it and know, you know, the different styles of pool and that it's, it's diverse. But with you, with your, you said you're having like your daughter has friends over. Do, do you have to tell the parents before or how does that work? Or are they totally? Well, the friends of the kids that actually come around and play on the pole have known me. They know me and they know pole and they know that I'm not going to okay. sexualize their children. We will have a bit of a tussle about it. Yeah. Um, and my neighbor's friend, um, her daughter comes over on it and, you know, you know, people are pretty open-minded about pole. And I did go on Anderson Cooper, I think it was in 2012 oh. about raising my daughter in the pole industry. And, um, it, you know, I had millions of people watching and like, you know, I watched them completely turn it around and pigeonhole it. And I, you know, luckily Sheila, uh, Kelly helped me on that interview so that I knew how to handle myself in case they did, you know, turn it. And, um, I saw what the public's opinion was. And if somebody says kids on polls and they don't have an idea of what a poll is, then you should be upset. But once you sit down and you listen to what it is that they're doing and you see the athleticism and not sexualizing part of, of poll, then, you know, it's, it's different. And I just try to separate the two and people know that, you know, I'm not going to sexualize their child by them coming over here and coming on the poll. But I think it still is a slippery slope. I, I think we're really grateful to have people like Olga Trefanova, you know, I think she's single-handedly changing the pole, revolutionizing pole as we know it, you know, because she puts herself out there and she's such a little, you know, drama, amazing (laughs) artist. And she's one of the, she's probably the best pole dancer we have, you know, argumentatively, but um, she's showing the world what kids can do Mm -hmm. and showing the athleticism part of it. Um, For me, I think that, that's great. It, but for the type of pole that I do, I love, a, a, you know, erotic, sexy pole. Like, um, so it's, it's fine now when she's seven, but I've got girlfriends and studio owner friends that have kids. And when they get 12, 13, 14, that hit more of a brick wall, you know, they're taking the studio decal sign off their car because their kids don't want to, you know, to get dropped off with their mom being a pole dancer, you know, or they ask not to wear their pole stuff because kids, you know, not, not all parents, I can't have the conversation I'm having with you with some child that I don't know who may not like my kid for whatever reason and knows that my mom is a pole dancer and they tell their parents and then they tell them what they think it is. And so then the kids are getting teased at school or there's some like backlash that happens with them. And I think that's the that's the age group that we need to focus about. Like the kids that are coming up from our feet up, they're going to be all right with it because we're showing that it's the, it's the gap generation that we need to really worry about. Like the 12, 13, 14, 15 year olds that, you know, have to handle social pressures differently. So those, I think more focus can, could be there and how we're going to deal with that age group. 
you know, with poll. Yeah, but. and I guess like when is the age of when these kids are polling that it is okay for them to start studying the sexy side of poll? Like mm. that's going to be a conversation Absolutely. that has to be had eventually too. Yeah, I mean, well, here in Europe, like um, sixteen, you're an adult, so it's it's different. Whereas you're eighteen in America. But even for me, I'm like 16, so little, 18, still so little, you know, but meanwhile, I was taking my shoes off. So really, you know, in hindsight, but um, yeah, I watch Olga. I watch Olga uh, a lot, you know, bless her. She's so beautiful. And she, she'll train with a lot of this uh, Russian exotic dancers. She won't put the heels on, but you know, she's, she's becoming a woman and I, you know, she's going to hit that age where she will put those shoes on and I and I'm wondering what the repercussions and what people are going to say but I think um our industry hopefully you know the pioneers anyway I think will embrace her and create a nice bubble around her but yeah I think we'll see what you know it's the shoes it's the shoes that like make people's heads spin I think you know yeah yeah I know right a shoe can do that but then again it, the shoes are magical. They're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're like a magic carpet. I mean, it makes you feel different when you put them on, you know, it makes your legs longer. And so, you know, and, and we do put ourselves out there. Yeah, we pull for us, but we're putting ourselves out there. We're putting ourselves on Instagram. You know, it's like half the followers on Instagram, more than half of them aren't pole dancers. Yeah. So, you know, and they don't know pole, like they might just follow you because you look hot or they might follow you because you're, you know, you've got pretty lines or they thought it was really cool, but they don't know the difference between what a stripper shoe is to you or to, you know, what it is, you know, like to them, it could just be mean anything. Yeah. And I don't know, it's uh, perception, you know, and education. And that's the point we're in right now. Like just someone following a pole dancer just because they think they're hot, there is the potential for them to be educated that it is much more. So it is kind of like, this is not an immediate switch. There's not one thing you can do to like completely educate the entire public. It's like, yeah. And you can't get, yeah. And you can't get super angry either about the people that, um, are uneducated are uneducated because really they don't know. Like I was watching uh, Maddie Sparkle, um, and a girl, Bianca, they were doing a live feed, um, out of, pole dance academy like yesterday and um I just like chimed in it was really cute bless them and it was fun and they're just and you know how it pops up all the things that people can say and there was this really douchebag guy on there he was like oh yeah I want to put babies inside of you and like all of these things and it's like I wish there was an instant block button yeah but like we forget too that when we have these like 20,000 well, for her, 100,000 followers, yeah. a lot of them are going after you because their perception of a woman on a pole is different. So that's what they feel that they can say. So you can't really, you know. And those dudes would be saying the yeah. same thing if they were sitting there reading a book in a turtleneck. Like, there are just douchebags that like Absolutely. to, like, pick on women online. So, like. But th- this guy was <laughs> thought he was doing a genuine compliment. He's like, he said, like, this girl's like, I saw another comment was like, can somebody block him already? And, um, and, but he thought, he goes, no, I mean it in a nice way. I'm like, you know, but it's, it's people, you can't, yeah. you can't, you can't, you can't when, when we're, when pole has grown as much as it's growing, you know, you can't really and women's, can't safeguard. Yeah. And women's yeah. rights and how people treat women. I mean, with the internet, 
people, it has come to light of how disrespectful people are just to all women in general, pole dancers and not pole dancers. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like part of that bigger fight too of like, yeah, yeah. How do we treat she, people? <laughs> Sheila, Sheila Kelly has a, a TED talk. Um, yeah. that's really beautiful. And it's, you know, it's called let's get naked. And it talks about, you know, how men, you know, can, be free of their shirt, but women have to cover their nipples and you have to be careful. You know, the female body has to be protected and all sacred and da, 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 da. Meanwhile, guys can do whatever, yeah. you know? And so I think it's just kind of, um, learning to break that a little bit and, and hopefully we're on the right track. I mean, it is, it's so much different in Europe than it is America. America's like a little tell bubble. Us. Tell us, tell us. <laughs> well, besides going on the beach and people are topless at, at first, you're like, check out everybody's tits. Like, wow, is this real life? Is this really happening? And then you get used to it. And then you realize, you know, it's just a body. So for that, for that part, I think it's really cool. And I hope that changes. But, um, the difference for pole out here for me, I, I want to be happy. So I think that's everybody wants to the pursuit of happiness. So I just took it upon myself. You know, nobody's going to create happiness but yourself. So I, um, I just got myself involved. I've been coming, you know, here for 11 years. My husband and I have been together for in March 11 years. So I've done 11 summers out here. So I've been working out here for about five years. So I do know some studios and um, I always teach master classes. And, um, but I got involved with uh, two different studios that I teach at weekly. I teach at um, FPS Fitness on a Tuesday, and it's incredible. I, it's a beautiful studio. What city are uh, you in? Least, uh, I'm not in a city. I'm in a village. Oh. I'm like, what village uh, are you in? <laughs> I'm in a village. Called, well, actually, I don't want to say because I do a lot of sexy stuff in this room. <laughs> but um, if you know, I think it's so small, it doesn't even have a shop that some weirdos could come and find find me. So, but I'll tell you, it's in a village. Um, okay. It's, it's, it's in a, it's in a village called old Arley, but it's in between. Like if you stood on my roof at night, actually you'd have to get on a, a much taller building than my roof of my house. But if you stood up, if you looked one direction, you would see Coventry, you'd see the faint lights of a city, which would Coventry. And you look the other, you would see the faint lights of Birmingham. Okay. So I'm smack in the middle of Birmingham and Coventry North of Nuneaton, okay. and um about 10 minutes up the road from my house, there's a post like in the middle of this little roundabout. And it says, this is the center of England. So I actually live right smack in the middle of England. Yeah. Um, um, And there's still pole studios there. Oh my God. There's so many. I'm, I'm close to Loughborough. I'm about an hour from Loughborough, about 45 minutes from Leicester, 25 minutes from Coventry, 25 minutes from Birmingham. So there's probably about 10 studios in Birmingham. Yeah, I teach at two of them, FPS Fitness, which they do a lot of aerial and um, they do dance and uh, pole and the classes are always full and a lot of fun. The girls are hungry and they're like, they eat, sleep, breathe pole. Like, so that's, that was really nice to actually find a studio that, uh, that is so obsessed. So, and, and they're, you know, everybody's so young. They're all like in their early twenties and things like that. Um, Lisa Darcy owns that studio. She's ace. She's really easy to get along with. Um, she's become a really good friend of mine. So she's actually, it's where I got this dress from. Uh, this butterfly so, dress. You know, it's fabulous. Butterflies. So <laughs> she's great. I really love, um, the girls. They, they really inspire me. I, I teach a pole flow, 
hour and a half workshop at a place called Addictive Fitness every Friday. That's about 11 miles from me. So that's the closest studio. Um, Gail and Karen own that studio and it's a lot of fun. They also do aerial, but, um, I just get to teach flow. So it's like flow choreography and we turn the lights down. I got like tons of can like red candles, red oh, cool. fairy lights. And we just kind of take it down a notch, make it a little bit different than your normal pole studio, um, class. And then, um, so that's a lot of fun as well. Is that what and you kind of liked it? What's your favorite like class to teach or style to teach? What do you, you enjoy know, teaching? It's, I kind of, I just, I'm kind of a control freak, so I like it all. Like, I love my floor work stuff. I love pole flow because that's, you know, that's my S-factor background. Mm -hmm. But the cool part is it's choreography, so that's my, that's where, like, Be Spun, uh, Choreo House, and S-factor all come together for me um, there in that studio. Um, so I really enjoy that. I teach a floor work class at FPS, which is always full. And that's kind of like teaches, I teach movement, same movement over and over and over. And then I let them be free. And then we put all these combos together. So, um, people are say, they say, you know, I never thought I could dance and now I feel like dancing. And so that makes me feel really good. Um, you know, and then I'm teaching beginners as well, which is, I haven't done since 2013. And there's 12, 12 of them in every class, every beginner class that I teach there, or it's oh, actually only on a Tuesday, but yeah. And, um, I have some very first, a lot of them are first timers, you know, so it's, it's quite cool and challenging yeah. to teach beginners, you know? Um, but they're so but kind of excited, right. And kind of like, well, yeah, they're excited and nervous and scared and like, <laughs> what the fuck, but it's like, they've Energy never talked bubbles. about yeah, or they've never talked to their bodies before. So yeah. they're, it's hard, you know, pulls hard when you've never touched your body. Or if you're only doing one class a week, they usually come in little groups of friends and yeah. stuff. So <laughs> I find it the hardest. I find teaching beginners the hardest, but really rewarding. And I wanted to be the beginning of people's journey. I wanted to, mm -hmm. I wanted to have that. I wanted to take that from them. Um, I wanted to be their like pole mama, but I'm like selfishly, you know, like let's <laughs> me be the first to teach you. Well, I um, think beginner teachers are so important because if you, you can turn someone off within a class or two, oh, if yeah. you're not really like nurturing or understanding of like what a beginner level is or remembering that part of your journey. So I feel like, yeah, people like you yeah, and trying to talk to your body for the first time. Like I've got all these muscles so I can do whatever I want. It's like superhuman. So you've got to really <laughs> slow down and figure out like, okay, you know, what can I do? What can I teach where they don't, where, the, where I'm not using my muscles to muscle my way through it? You know, yeah, it's true. So I've got to gotten to a point, you know, with pole, it's funny. It's like, I'm doing things so easily and I'm just like, Oh, that was easy, you know? So it's like, it actually feels like, um, Superman in a way. It feels a little bit like you, it's like, I guess it's, you know, starting to master, um, pole. It, obviously there's so much to learn, but it's just getting the right muscle groups and, um, you know, plus the seven plus years that I've been doing this all together. And, you know, it it's been overnight. No, but it's, it's actually, it's, I feel like I'm finally being able to sit in the pocket of it Yay. easily and, you know, um, so yeah, so that's kind of what's going on. It's, it's not LA that it's, it's colder. So <laughs> it's hard, it's a lot colder. So, um, it's harder to get your body warm today was like the nicest day. Like I was sweating actually, and the car was warm and the sun was warm. Usually it's a cold sun. Um, and now it's warmer. It was like today I felt like I could stick to the pole, but 
sometimes it's hard teaching too because you don't want to take your clothes off because your skin's cold and it's hard to stick to the pole. So I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of small differences, but I live like with horses in the backyard in the fields. I have like, um, I have a church in my backyard that is older than America, literally like out the back. So I love that. Like you're pulling like, with like this energy of a church around you. It's like, like a graveyard, <laughs> lack of energy too. It's like back there's a church, it's beautiful. But yeah, like it's like Ed Sheeran's Castle on the Hill song. Like it actually makes me cry because I feel like, um, I love England. I love England. I love everything about it. I love the friendship. I love the family. I love the rolling hills. I love being able to go into the city, but drive like, yeah, it takes me like 45 minutes to an hour to get home from teaching in the city, but I love it. Like I love driving through the countryside. I love the animals. I lo- everything is green. The sky is gray, <laughs> but everything else is green and coming from North Hollywood, you know, yeah. that's a big change from concrete jungle. So, um, definitely really loving my life here. And I love the trains. I love the, the culture. I love the city. I love the women. I, you know, I love the family. Like yesterday I went to pick up my daughter from school and you always see your friends there. Cause it's a village. It's just like the Mr. Min books. I like live in Mr. Min land. You like know everybody. And so I ended up taking my friend's two kids home so he could run and do an errand. And I'm, um, I had four little girls stay over the other night, which is our, our friends, three daughters. And so it's like, I'm constant. And then like my in-laws will take my kid for a few days or she'll go stay at her friends. So it's like, there's a lot more community raising children Indeed. and that is not in LA like no, at all. It's not like a, it's, it's very expensive for a family to live comfortably in LA. So. Yeah. I read a post after we moved here and it said like $180,000, um, is how much you need to live to make a year to live in a house to be comfortable. Yeah, I believe to that. comfortably. And I'm like, I don't even know. Like, I feel so much better. Like now that financial pressure, we literally have cut our bills in half, and our house is like twice the size. And you're a full time pole dancer, right? Full time pole. Well, and mom. I'm a mom as well. But yes, yes, yes. yes. Full-time so, pole dancer, full time mom. And I entered a competition, so I'm going to be competing at Pole Theater UK. Get in out! May. Congratulations! I think I did see you post that. That's amazing. It is. What category? Uh, drama, and I've picked to do a contemporary piece. Great. So um, I'm working with Lucille Marshall. She uh, owns a pole studio called Body Synergy. Uh, she's UK PPC's winner, okay. uh, professional winner. But she's, you know, went to school for dance, like dancing is in her veins and she's like one of the most beautiful dancers you know that the UK offers and I'm so lucky that she's like down the road for me well wow. a little bit farther than down the road but like you <laughs> know she's enough. quite close for me so uh, I've been working with her and it's contemporary piece and she's she's like I'm gonna make I'm gonna uh, this piece I'm gonna take all the sexy out and I'm like good luck and she's like <laughs> but, you know it's 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 challenging for me because it literally is like all, it's all like the floor work isn't floor work. I'm actually contempt. I'm actually dancing and it's her choreography. Um, and it's really beautiful and it's different. I've never had to do anything like this before and it's uncomfortable and vulnerable and, um, Oh, it's great. I wish I could just pause and insert Lucille, but 
I, I took this challenge and I'm like, why do I need another challenge? Because it's 100% out of my repertoire of movement. And so that's a, a pull challenge for me, but a first, so it'll be great. I'm excited to, you know, put this piece out there um, on a professional level. Yeah, I can't um, wait to see it. And then I'm, ju- I'm judging um, uh, Dance Filthy, uh, Southern oh, Edition. Yeah. And Southern Edition, Mar- where is that? It's south of England in Margate, um, okay. April 22nd. So you get, I'm yeah. sorry, the, those London girls know how to get filthy. So I feel like that's going to be a really good one. Is that yes. where the London yes. girls would go? I, lo- well, I love them. Would this be the London one? This is the south one. So it's a little bit more south. Would they travel uh, down there? <laughs> yes, but they are, they are naughty. There's a yeah. north, it's like three different ones. Oh, like, okay. Yeah, Kitty and Anna, they love, they love all that filthy stuff, but, um, they're actually um, not in this competition, oh, but I think that they are in other um, other ones. Okay, because uh, it's so it's so close to uh, Dance Filthy is really close to um, Pole Theater as well. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, there's so much filthiness. Well, I bet the Southern girls are just as filthy. Yes. They are. I, I got <laughs> their videos, so this will be a really good competition, and it'll be a lot of fun. And I'm judging Authentics, which is another sexy pole competition in July. So it's, you know, kind of getting, getting around. So you, and, you, um, you teach, yeah. you judge, you're competing. Um, you have yeah. done performances. I mean, we've yeah, I perform a lot here. Yeah. You so. do. Okay. Now, yeah. so are you still involved with, um, poles on tour? Pulse on Tour is I was a founder of Pulse on Tour, yeah. but I no longer um, am Pulse on Tour. I'm an artist on Pulse on Tour, but uh, I gave Christy the company uh, about a year and a half ago. Can you tell uh, us, for those who don't know what Pulse on Tour is, because it's actually, you said before, yeah. oh, I went to college and now I'm still in the pole, but I was like, no, girl, you you started a business. Oh, I know. You- well, <laughs> I, I, well, yeah. So I, hmm. So I moved to LA and I ended up working in music and uh, marketing for films and TV. And then um, that 2008 crash happens and I ended up getting laid off that job, which was actually really awesome. But then I started to work um, as a production assistant on commercials. So the long, they're long hours, very long hours. Um, and on the very first day, I decided to put my daughter in a daycare she was 13 months old um somebody at the daycare broke her collarbone and they never told us about it so it it took us yeah it took us four it took us four days to figure out what it was wrong they kept saying nothing happened nothing happened nothing happened nothing happened and she ended up you know in ICU 104 degree temperature or A&E um and so that was like devastating I felt really bad parent so I just basically told my husband I wasn't working anymore. And he obviously with LA and the house that we lived in as well, um, you know, at the time it was very expensive. So that was going to be a lot of financial pressure for him. So I thought, well, and then S factor, you know, um, it's not cheap. And I was only at S factor back then. So I was like, well, I need to do a job where I can make some money, but I'm not going to leave my child. So, um, Natasha and I were really good friends and she just been winning and winning and winning things. And she started, she wanted, um, to get a manager. 
She needed help with her bookings. Well, my husband's an international DJ. Um, I've helped him with his bookings for about five, six years at that point. And I understand how the DJ booking system works. So I built Pulls on Tour around Natasha Wang um, and the DJ booking system. So that gave me um, enough money to stay at home. And then uh, we got Flying Laura and Nadia Sharif. And um, I had about seven seven pole dancers within the first six months. So I was living, you know, I was making decent money, being able to be at home and just working on that. Um, and then I went on Anderson Cooper, da, 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 da. I met Christy Craig. She was also on the show. Um, her and I became just like sisters from another mister. We're yin and yang. I'm like crazy, put myself out there. I'm really good at organizing, but um, I poll as well. Whereas Christy was polling, she had a back injury. Um, so it stopped her from being able to pull at the level that she would like to. Um, she was going through a life change and I took her on and we became partners and pulls on tour. Um, and then I started shifting and performing more and I wanted to work back and start to work back in productions like a year and a half later. And I realized my heart wasn't in other people's careers. And I didn't want to do that anymore. My daughter was old enough. She was about three and a half at that point, And I wanted to... Um, I wanted, she was in a school where she was safe and a preschool, everything was fine. I wanted to go back to work in production and stuff. So I then gave the company to, to Christy and she's been, you know, that's her whole thing. She does that. And what's like, so for, she does it also. Like, so a, a dancer would come to you for us who I personally have no idea how you book an international DJ. So well, like, it's funny because it's not, it's actually people don't come to us. We would go to them as far as picking artists okay um goes because it's difficult to tour mm-hmm. uh, especially more so now than it was then you oh, know yeah. but visas and price of costs and everything going up and da, 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 da. so yeah so people like when you book somebody out um like let's take nadia for example she's like oh, i want to go here and here you know And then this is your calendar. So you work a lot off of Google Calendar and you get the places they want to go. And then, you know, we've got a clientele basis and then we would contact these studios and um, we get a lot of feedback. And then we kind of get a clear vision of um, a map of the route of how it's going to be. And then we just start booking and then booking travel and booking staying and all the way around. So you're like, they don't have to worry about that. You're booking the studio, you're booking the hotel. They get an itinerary and they go. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, it works out and it takes the pressure off the artist because it's really hard to live in A and B brain, you know, left and right side of your body. Yeah. It's hard to do both and it's hard. Yeah, it's difficult. Most artists live in the 98 percentile where they can't, they can't like organize their art. They, you know, that's why it's starving artists because a lot of times it's hard <laughs> yeah, to do that. So, um, and there's management like, is the thing. Yeah. And for me, because I can touch both fields, I'm really good at like, I'm, best thing the thing that I do best is problem solve oh, like I quality. can see a problem and have a solution instantly I think that's why it makes me a really good teacher as well because I can see what's going on um and that's basically what pulls on tour is you just look at the situation and you fix it and you, you, you kind of go but you know it takes a patient person as well Christy's done a really fantastic job with the company and um She's, you know, made, I think there was like 19 artists last I looked. Wow. A lot. So, yeah. A lot. Yeah. But it's it's fun. So I was like, okay, you can have it, but I'll just 
remain on the roster. <laughs> but can and, you book uh, me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you book me? I actually do my own bookings, but yeah, um, bless her. She, um, you know, it's, it's nice to be part of it, but it's also, it felt really nice to give it to the person that deserved it. You know, like for me, it were, it was a period in my life where I needed it and I loved it. And I'm so thankful that I was able to create that job and, um, be in that space. But, you know, I'm happy now where I'm at. And I was happy going back to work in production and I um, worked on music festivals and commercials and, you know, learned a lot of, um, I, I, I produced a, car, a couple car commercials, you know. Don't so, ask yeah, where I, the money I, is I, in I, car commercials. Tell yeah, you. I went for downstage and like cool. my uh, my husband's best friend was my boss and he's one of my best friends as well. And he basically took me from a PA to a coordinator and from a coordinator. And my first job I ever did was a Lexus commercial. I went from literally like didn't go to school for any of that, but you know, like not what you know, it's who you know. So, you know, take me by my hand and that's true. And sometimes, the, yeah, the universe leads you in very ways. <laughs> Go with the flow. Do what you love. And so you, you know, we have your history and we have all these different things that you've done and where you are now. But what is your thought moving forward? Do you have any like trajectory or are you still just like going with the flow? Yeah, yeah I do. I have a couple things. Well, I'm still involved with Cleo's Rock and Pole. So that's a lot of fun. I, I, and you Every film single tutorials or yeah, so we fill up in tutorials okay. um, uh, with Cleo's Rock and Pole. So I'll just do that, you know, when I come back to visit every few years. But I really like being involved um, with the rock and pole world. You know, yeah. I did that for posted two years before I came out here, and so that was a lot of fun. But as far as like a five, um, two to five year plan, I would like to have my own studio in the area that I live in, um, and then eventually. I would like to have a holistic center for women. Like I would like to have a place where women can come in and, you know, um, I'd like to get certified with S factor as well. I'd love to just teach like moving meditations, you know, with their form, you know, and, um, just be able to have a place where women can come in and, um, be free and be themselves. But I'd also like to have, you know, um, like a psychiatrist there, um, a counselor, think it you know just to have it um I'd like to have a room that has beds so that you know people could come in and take a nap before they went out I think it's really important kind of like a wee spa but for pole <laughs> but <laughs> I think it's really important for for women and I won't be able to teach forever I mean it's true it's hard on the body and but I, I you know I really would love to counsel women through movement you know um, I love pole being integrated into like a holistic, larger picture. I yeah. feel like that's where things should be going. If we don't want to like damage ourselves or if, we, you know, there's a lot of people that don't want to train, train as yeah. athletes, but want to train cause they love it so much. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And having a safe place is really important for that to happen, you know, but it's so hard to go into a, just a normal pole studio and teach that and it, it needs a, it needs a vibe. It needs a, yeah. a feel. It needs a smell, you yeah. know, like it needs like lack of mirrors. It needs like a lot of, um, you know, just comfortable being able to be comfortable and be free and just like, yeah, not, not so tr- much trick based, but movement based would be great. But also, you know, be able to cater to the, the fitness side of for the, for the people that do want that. But yeah. um, 
Yeah, I think, you know, it, this thing is freaking hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's hard. Like, you know, your body it's won't be able to handle. Yeah, the bruising and, you know, the, the tricks are getting harder and harder. The dynamic movement is getting more and more flippy. And it's just like, you guys, like one wrong thing. It's all, you're all, it's all over. Yeah. You know, so to care for yourself, you, know, you got to just be careful. So I hope to, you know, just make it more of an emotional journey, a physically, emotionally journey. So I'd love to have my own space and um, kind I'm of coming to visit. It sounds. Yeah, come to visit. I'll take you out for some <laughs> tea. We'll go zip lining. <laughs> yeah, I love that vision. And it seems like, I mean, you you have a lot of pole awareness in your even you know, if you're not in a large city, you know, so you have the audience there. Mm-hmm. It's becoming so, it's spreading quickly, which is working in, yeah. I think, all of our favors. And it's cold here in England. So people, like, will go to the studio because there's nowhere yeah. else to go, you know? Not like, beach your pole studio, beach your pole studio. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, they've got music festivals out here, so many music festivals where, you know, you can pulse fits in. I'm, I'm performing again at Glastonbury, which will be my fifth what? year. That's so cool. Uh, performing year. Yeah. So it's pretty dope, you know, being able to go to the festival and get Where in because you... it sells out. In seconds. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I'm familiar with that one and I'm, you know, never been. Yeah, in it, I've, but... done, I've done five, five years there. It's my fifth year. So I perform in the Silver Haze, um, which is the dance area. Our main stage is 7,000 people. Okay. Wow. So it's cool. I've, I've had some um, U.S. artists. I had Nadia Sharif has performed on stage out here with me before. I've brought Tiffany Feeney from Scotland. She's ace. Um, Robin Rook, um, Anna Frost. Oh, wow. So you know, we've had some some fun fun girls out here on the pole and stuff. So um, oh, that's I hope to have my friend Lou out this summer with me um, if they give me more more tickets. So it'd be really, really good. It, it's really, it's fun. It's like, Oh, I get to go to my favorite place in the whole world doing my favorite thing in the whole world. But it's like, I literally will go out and do my job. I'm like, okay, now I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I want to let me free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously it's nice to be able to, um, you know, even if I don't know if you're getting paid or not getting paid or whatever, but if, you know, basically if that's something you would do anyway, and you're like, I can't, well, yeah, we do, get, we do get a small amount of money, okay. um, but we get we get fed three meals a day. We have VIP camping with toilets, like good toilets and showers, which is like if you've ever been to a massive festival, you would know how much of a privilege that is. Yeah. So um, yeah. it is it is fun for that. They really look after us. We get backstage passes and um, everybody's really nice and uh, nobody's been rude to the pole dancers. In fact, you know, I just make it my mission to be seen when I need to be seen and not to be on stage when I'm not meant to be there. Um, show up sober, do your job. Yeah. Well, handle professionally. Really speak on other people's yeah. behalf. <laughs> it's really hard. Cause it's like, literally I'll be in my rain boots and like some snow pants. I'll be like, cause with the, with the rig our own, we have to rig our own stage poles no because the boys don't know how to do it. That's true. So we have to, you have to get it on the stage without ruining the equipment, without touching the light do your performance, um, and then get it off before the next band comes on. So it's like, you have to really understand production to do it right. I think that's one of the reasons that we've been asked back so many times is the fact that we keep it professional and we're not up there and we're not supposed to be. And 
only to get like, you know, a sneaky picture with Ella Air or something like that. Like <laughs> I definitely like, used my backstage pass for, for my advantage a few times. But um, I met uh, Delilah back there too. I was really nervous and Nadia drug her over, drug me over to her. <laughs> I was like, stop it. We saw Sam Smith before he was famous. There's like 50 people in the audience. And me, Nadia, and Tiffany were like, oh, my God. It was, it, was, it was like watching Jesus come out of the sky, you know. It was pretty, it was pretty epic. Oh, yeah, I so. love that you can use pole and combine, combine it with your other passions, you know. I feel like it's, you know, when it's insular, you know, you can enjoy it for yeah. that. But when you can bring it out and you can really experience pole as a dancer or as someone who views pole in, like, a larger, yeah. cohesive environment. Yeah, and that's like, my old world is, like, you know, explodes. electronic house music. So I, it was nice being able to have my connections from my past be able to fuse with my pole dance now. You know, um, it's very difficult to get into Glastonbury, but it was also the person who who booked us used to be my husband's tour manager. Shout out to Biff. But anyway. Hey, Biff. Uh, hey, Biff. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. you know, it's bless them. But yeah, so it's been really, it's been a good, pole's been good. It's yeah. been good. It's, it sounds like it. I love your journey. This has been so interesting to hear all of the unique things you've done. Um, and so <laughs> it seems I'm getting old. <laughs> no, please. Yeah, I've done so much of it. I'm just so like, no, it's not fun. about old. It's how much time and effort you've invested. So <laughs> think of it that way. Age is nothing. Yes. Seriously, is I can't nothing. look at polars and know how old they are. That's like another weird thing about our community. I'll be like, no shit, you're 50 years old. Like in my mind, you were 30. Or like, oh, you're 18. Yeah, in my yeah. mind, you were 30. Like, <laughs> yeah. I know. I I, I found I have no this. sense of age of age anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I met this girl. You know, I'm 35, and she was. I didn't know how old she was, but I thought she must have been like 30, not by her looks, but just by who she was. Yeah. And I thought she was super cool. Um, Sally and I, we went out to the Birmingham, a German market over Christmas time together and we're sat up there drinking and I was like, yeah, so how old are you? And she's like, I'm 23. And I actually thought in my head, I was like, I felt like I was robbing the cradle in a way. (laughs) She wasn't my girlfriend and I wasn't trying to date her. I felt like 23. I'm like, shit, like that's 13 years younger than me. So I just felt like felt pretty bad but then I was like right you know it's not like it's your girlfriend or anything but yeah I find myself hanging out with all different ages because yeah we're all like have that like Kitty Velour when we had her on the podcast she was only 20 I was like wait what like you can't even buy a beer in the United States but she just turned 21 happy birthday Kitty um and I performed at her show a couple weeks ago that was a lot of fun yeah she is fun yeah yeah she's so young I was like I could be your mother yeah exactly I could be your mom and she thinks that's (laughs) hilarious but, but uh, we have this like common pole thing that we all can kind of just like mesh together as like women. It's a, and men yeah, it makes and just you feel youthful. Yeah, there exactly. you go. Um, or mature. Beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, um, just another amazing factor. The things that I've realized in pole is that age is not really a number. It is all just who you are as a yeah. person <laughs> and how you feel and how it makes how you, feel, you feel for sure. Yeah. So let's let's jump into um, the final questions, the questions I ask everyone. (laughs) Who was your pole crush? Oh, I got a lot. I'm kind of a whore on that. um, (laughs) Even like, like, uh, I like Natasha, 
Ivana Smink, um, Shimmy and Maddie. I mean, they're sisters. Come on. They're packaged. You know, uh, Sasha Meow. Oof, she's one of my favorites. Okay. She's she's a, you should. I wrote, I, I put, she's, check, I put her link in there on her Instagram. Yeah, Who's a follow? That. Check like, out Crystal's blog post um, on the Pole Parlor <laughs> website after she has her listed so we can find her. Yeah. So those are kind of my, my, my pole crushes. Amazing. Mm. Amazing. A lot. I like Leanne Riley as well and Sheila. So it's a lot. It's a lot. I'm kind of, I can't pick one. I could. Too I, many flavors. I this question. It's like Baskin Robbins. <laughs> yeah, I like this person for this reason. I could never answer this question. So uh, very, very infrequently can someone just name one person. So no problems there. Those were all fantastic. <laughs> and how would you like to see the pool community evolve over the next five years? Uh Gracefully. No, um, I would like everybody just to understand that it's all new and to, um, try to not put so much emotion into, I feel like sometimes people, especially with social, because our world is growing at the same time, social media is growing. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes people get their feelings hurt. They spend too much time on Instagram, too much time on Facebook and the more and more time you spend on there, the less insecure you're going to feel about yourself or you're going to feel insecure about yourself because you're always judging your, your yourself on what you think you should be, you know, and where you think you should be because this person's done that. But like, you know, if you could just kind of slow down and just find the happiness inside a pole and maybe, you know, just find more peace with it instead of trying to judge yourself and make sure that you're at a certain level or, you know, somebody, you know, I just feel like with social media, it's kind of making us grow really at a rapid pace, but really you just need to find the half time in it really. And just kind of sit back more in a pocket and just kind of be happy with where you are and know that you'll never, you know, be like, you know, your maybe your favorite person. It could be that, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like, you know, Ivana Smink is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite pole dancers. And I can't do half, I can't even do three quarters of what she does. And you know what? (laughs) Because I'm five foot eight and she's, I don't know how tall, but our limbs are different. So a lot of the things that you can and can't do are just because of your body shapes. Like your arms may be longer, your legs may be longer, you know, you might just have different proportions. You might have bigger hips. You might, you know, I'll never be able to do Titanic because I've got too much thigh gap. So I hit a pole goes straight through. So like, yeah. I feel like, I think if people can just slow down and be comfortable with who they are and realize that what they have is a value and inside of everybody there's like an artist waiting to be opened up and just be comfortable with her or him then they'd be you know more happy with themselves and I really I also um think that we should you know nurture the growth instead of trying to just speed things up yeah. so like everybody's trying to speed pull up is growing so fast you know but you you shouldn't be doing flips before you can do no-handed leg switches you know like I feel like people need to realize that there's you know get the foundations first and you know grow with it don't try to you know it's not like a destination it's like it's a journey it's really is a journey so I would like to see that happen and I would like to see the continued support of each other. I'd like to see people continue to support one another um, instead of bring, you know, bringing each other down. I'd like to see less studio bitchiness towards one, in, one another. I'm not a studio yeah. owner yet. I find that it's really sad that this studio won't get along with this studio and it's stupid really. And I agree. also I think that studio owners 
should realize that they don't own their students. If they would like to go somewhere else, that is their opportunity. And they shouldn't feel guilty for going to another studio. I've got a lot of girls they are like, oh, I want to try another place, but I really don't want to hurt so-and-so's feelings. And I'm like, really? You know, Do you like, go to the same restaurant every weekend because you don't want to hurt that restaurant owner's feeling? Like support yeah. the – you're going to end up spending the most time at the studio that serves you best because that's where yeah. you're going to feel happiest and most comfortable. But ex- Yeah, where your energy feels comfortable as well, you know. And I think one thing, like on one road, you'll see like a hairdresser and then you'll see a tattoo parlor and then there'll be another tattoo parlor followed by another hairdresser. Yeah. You don't – they're not sitting in there like – gossiping about each other and you know and so I find that I I I hope you know it may I don't own a studio yet so who knows but like maybe I'll eat my words but I find that I wish that studio owners realized how important they are and just focused on what they do best and if they did that then they would realize you know that you know just keep your blinders down and focus on what it is that you do and you be there and we get along because we're a community first and foremost. Like if you hate each other and don't get along, you're just doing a disservice to the community. You know, Uh, I also would like to tell students to pay, pay for your classes and teachers, (laughs) you know, because no people pay for their classes, but I feel like people could give more to their classes. I feel like a lot of times, um, the, the price of a class is going down. It's oh. like going down and down and down. And yeah, that's good for everybody. But at the same time, it's also, it's, it's killing the industry. So I think, you know, when you have an apparatus and you're, you're really limited to like three people per poll, you know, um, that you can't have as many people as you have in a Zumba class that only charges $10, $10 for a class. So mm-hmm. I think that people re- should realize like how important your poll classes are and so that they yeah. can, and that people shouldn't be, you know, using Groupon all the time, that you should just realize that what you have is special, but that special comes at a price because the last thing we need are studios closing. There's been a lot of studios closing this year and I, it kind of breaks my heart, you know, yeah. um, I think that if we just, you know, you know, spend more money, like not just in poll classes, but also on poll merchandise, on polls themselves, like all the different kinds and, you know, support, continue to support the industry that is our foundation, um, that everything would be better, you know, go to poll expo, go to do all these different things, you know, keep the money in the family. (laughs) Yeah. Support, support the industry and understand why things you are part of it. It, it, If you don't do it, the industry will die, you know, and, um, people should be able that are, are doing these things should be able to pay their bills, you know? And, uh, yeah, and like you said before about, you know, the studio, I just wanted to circle back because I think this is so important that for people to know that there's been studies done that when you open more of one type of thing in an area, business increases for both. So there's a McDonald's, don't go to McDonald's, but I'm just using it as an example. Yeah. <laughs> there's a McDonald's and then a Burger King opens up the street. Both of those are going to actually get more um customers just because now that area is more of like a destination place for it. So, um, you know, if you think about it, CrossFit, which is really popular, they're all over. But if it was an insular thing where like only like a few 
studios or, you know, fitness centers wanted to open and they didn't want anyone else to open them, well, it wouldn't be so widespread as it is today. Yeah. Same with yoga, same with, you know, so understand. It needs to grow. Yeah. It's all part of the growth of it all, but it's like, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's not, and then, yeah, it's not always about just you and your, you know, your studio. It's like, it's about the community and growing it and making it bigger and better. You know, the more, the more we have, the more we have. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and we are like a mighty amazing group. And as we've spoken throughout this interview of how much <laughs> it's like been positive in in your life and all of our lives. So, um, before I let you go, can I also just say one more yes, thing? You may. Yes, you may. I, I, I meant to kind of um, segue this in earlier when I was talking about the um, the differences about the U.S. to the U.K. poll. Oh, yes. Um, one big difference that I think is amazing here is that I work with um, University of Warwick, which is in Coventry. I work with their Pulse Society once a month. I go in and teach two Bendy workshops. Bendy Kate told us about that. If you guys go listen to Bendy Kate's interview because yeah. she opened my mind to that. I did not know this was a thing. It's amazing. Yeah, I've been teaching there for, I think, three years now. Um, and it is so incredible. Like they all help each other set up the polls every single day. They take them down. They put them up. They teach each other. They follow formats. They now have competitions, and it's pretty incredible. It's like it's like the early choreography house to me. It's like they're really hungry, and but it's a society. They're college girls. It's like they're really and boys. And no boys. boys. There's just as many boys as there are girls. That's There's awesome. like. It, I think there's at least five at University of Warwick and um, just watching them is super inspiring and they're getting strong because they're going to classes every single day. And so I really, I just wanted to give a little shout out to them, you know, and they're, they're doing their competitions now and uh, universities are competing against each other. So, you know, they're making, they're making it for, That's you know, not- revolutionizing 200. They have 200 students. That's crazy. 200. And I think, um, I think they said something a little over a hundred are active. But like, so it's like starting a social club at your college. Yeah, a society. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And like, they said yes, (laughs) yes to pole dancing. So I thought that was pretty incredible. And um, and then I'll also be teaching at uh, Pole Expo this year. That's a first for me. That's kind of like, um, that's been on my list of things to accomplish. Like, I've always wanted to be an instructor there. So I feel like, like I, I hit that. So thanks, Tanya. <laughs> but yeah, so I'll be teaching there this summer or this fall. So I'm excited about that. That's awesome. I'm going to put all of your my social- life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, put all your social media notes and all of that in the notes so people can follow you and see what is coming that, you know, that hasn't mm-hmm. been announced yet. And um, then I will just ask you, before we sign off, if you could leave us with an empowering message or quote. My, I'm going to just read you um, I, my favorite quote from an ex-politician. Um, his name is Bruce Barton. And to me, this has like been the quote of my life for the last like 15 years, and then I still have to look it up. But um, it's, qu- <laughs> it's quite lengthy. But it says, if you have anything really valuable to contribute to the world, it will come through the expression of your own personality, that single spark of divinity that sets you off and makes you different from every other living creature. That's beautiful. I can't believe that came from a politician. A politician. He also, he's the same guy that says, like, if you give your child one gift, let it be enthusiasm. You know, like, he's an old politician from a long time ago. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. 
So that, that quote to me, like made me realize, you know, that inside of all of us, we have all these, you know, artists that, that are inside. And so I, re- I really like that quote. It's beautiful. <laughs> that is a perfect way to, to leave us. Crystal, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with us. It's been so fun talking with you. I should have you over for a cup of tea now. (laughs) I know. I'm going to jump through the screen and hang out with you in your party dress. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Pole Parlor podcast. Want more? Visit poleparlor.com for show notes and to link to the Facebook group where you can connect with other poleaholics and continue the conversation. Listen to past episodes and subscribe to new episodes on the website, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Lots of love, babes. Thanks for listening.